Welcome to the I Spy with My MyOI podcast. I am your host, Brittany Murphy. I am a certified oral facial myologist, registered dental hygienist, and lifelong learner. My goal with this podcast is to bring you up-to-date and current literature and expand your knowledge of oral facial myofunctional disorders so that together we can get to the root cause of the problem. You ask, we'll answer by collaborating with true pioneers and specialties associated with the myo world. Join me on this journey as we dive into the life-altering world of tethered oral tissues and airway space. Let's do this thing. Quick disclaimer, all content expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the speakers and is for informational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace, professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Because every person is so unique, you should always consult with your specialized healthcare professional. Welcome to the spinoff of the I Spy with My MyOI podcast. I am happy to introduce to you Myo Mondays with Carice Laguerre and Brittany Murphy. Just a couple of Myo fanatics talking shop, bringing you real and authentic conversation as if we were all sitting around my kitchen table. Nothing's off limits, so feel free to reach out to us with your burning Myo topics. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Back again for another Monday Mayo chat with Carice Laguerre and me, Brittany. Uh, we're excited to be on here and to talk about our next burning topic. Um, but yeah, Chris, how's your day going? Oh, good. It's so early. <laughs> it is so early. Usually, you know, when I think about doing this, it's like a nighttime thing with a nice nightcap. But yeah, bright and early. I definitely have my coffee full and ready to go for the day. Um, but anyways, so let's, let's get started. So the question is, what do you do when you're working in a dental practice and your dentist does not support you talking about really anything airway related, whether it's myofunctional therapy, tongue tie, what have you. So what do you do? I mean, do you quit? Do you leave? What do you do? I mean, if you can do that more power to you, yes, you can walk out and be like, I'm not doing this anymore. That's great. Um, but for most of us who can't just walk out of their job, I would say you got to get creative. I was very creative with how I would kind of tiptoe around things, or I would just tell them that I saw something or I noticed something that I had just been to a CE course. And it's not something that the doctor is really familiar with. And, you know, the truth of that is that many times I wasn't just coming off of a CE course, but again, you're being creative with your lies to your patients. Okay. So <laughs> I got out of a CE course, the doctor wasn't there, but it was phenomenal. And I hope to get this information to the doctor in the near future. But for now I'm noticing such and such in your mouth and it's giving me enough concern that I just wanted to mention it to you. We'll keep an eye on it. And if you want to read more about what it is that I am referencing, here are some books. I, I used to have like a business card that would have like the books on it. I love Six Foot Tiger, Three Foot Cage or Jaws or, you know, I just had all that stuff there. That way they would be able to go and get more information if that's something that they were interested in. Or at least there was a note that way I knew to talk about it again in six months. Yes, I definitely, you definitely want to do that, right? Leave yourself a note. So it reminds you that you had that conversation. And I think you have to figure out first, like what kind of office are you working in? Are you in one where 
The dentist doesn't want anything to do with it, but is okay with you talking about it. Are you in a practice where the dentist is like, no, that's voodoo. I don't want any of that here. And you can't talk about it because then, I mean, that puts you in a really, really, really tough position. I mean, one, is your doctor hearing you? Are they, are there issues there with maybe even some respect? I mean, if they're not going to take the time to at least hear you out, you know, maybe you can present a lunch and learn to the office, educate, right? Everything is education, but you have to be working with somebody that's willing to have an open mind. And unfortunately, there are providers out there that don't want to hear about it. And you know what? That's okay. But then that's going to be a really tough decision that you're going to have to make, right? Because you want to be somewhere where you feel like you can flourish and grow and you want to have that support. Um, so I think if you are in one of those practices, again, you don't, you can't blame anybody for not knowing what they don't know, but asking to do a lunch and learn and asking them to keep an open mind. Um, I think a lot of us hygienists tend to have good relationships with our doctors, especially if you've been there for some time. So I would, I would definitely start by educating the staff and just like to Carissa's point saying, I went to this CE course, I went to this conference. I really want to share with you, you know, the information, or maybe if it's even a book that you want your doctor to read, and then you have a conversation following that, but education, whether it has to do with talking to your doctor and the rest of the staff or education with your patients, right? It always comes back to educating them. Definitely. I would ask a hundred percent too, if they have a study club that they currently attend. And if you can sit in on that, what is the beauty of being a hygienist, especially in these days and times is that there's such a shortage. So like, they don't want you to go anywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> If they have to listen to you rant about something for an hour, then fine, we'll listen to it. Just keep your job, make sure your schedule, you're on time. But um, I would definitely ask if they have a study club, because if you could attend that study club and you're able to just get a word in the practice that, you know, I had the most resistance, I guess, for it was a DSO, but they had their own internal study club. And they were having this meeting where they were talking about just restorative cases and veneers and this one case that would not stay. And I mean, it it was like airway, red flags everywhere. And when I got my one little second to get a little comment in, I'm like, it's very obvious that there's a tongue tie. Do you see that on either side, there's not that same um, occlusion, like the occlusion is class one over here, class three over there. You can see in this picture where they're biting that their tongue is literally sitting in between their teeth. Like this is mm -hmm. not a case that you should be doing restorative work on and then be surprised when it doesn't last, you know? <laughs> and so from that I wonder one what happened thing, there. <laughs> yeah. And so from that one little like statement, they were like, oh, wow, you do know something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really enlightening for them. So if you get like a word in one way, try to get a word in where you can. And I think, you know, we always talk about how valuable um, the intraoral camera can be for hygienists, Ooh. capturing the, the tie, the attachment, the tongue sitting, like whatever you can capture to even use that as, as education. Well, obviously for your patients, but also for your provider, like, look, I take a picture of that really prominent, uh, rugae. Listen, doc, that tongue has never been up there. Do you see how prominent this rugae is? And I mean, as long as you have right pictures are worth a million, although I guess it's not pictures anymore. It's videos according to social media platforms, 
but <laughs> pictures will do in the dental office. So take pictures, use that as education for your patient, for your doctor. Um, I think at the end of the day too, maybe even asking, <clears throat> you know, if you have a, a webinar that you want to attend one night that's hosted by whoever, ask your doctor to attend with you. It could just be an hour thing. I'm sure your doctor can take an hour out of his time. Um, maybe you guys can stay at the office. Maybe, I don't know if his assistant wants to stay. I don't know. Maybe you can make a office party out of it. I'm not sure, but just ask, have that conversation. And then I think if you get that major pushback time after time of trying, then maybe that's your cue that it's your time to take an exit from there because you don't want to sacrifice who you are, what your goals are, what's important to you, right? At the end of the day, you're still a clinician. And if you're not, if you're holding this information back from your patients, it, it's just not going to feel good. Right. And it's not right either. It's definitely not right. I think that's one of the best parts about being in airway is that we're so passionate about all of this stuff and you see something, you just got to say something. Like, even if mm-hmm. you're at the airport and you see people sitting there mouth the gate, you just want to hand them so much information. <laughs> you're like, please, you're dying. But um, <laughs> if, we, if we are just able to spread a little bit of that passion, we, we want to with all of our patients. And so to be restricted from that has got to feel very stifling, but be smart with your exit plan. Definitely be smart with your exit plan because making a move doesn't necessarily mean that that next doctor is going to be more receptive. So it's, it's a tightrope to walk. Definitely. What would you say, Chris, if um, somebody wanted to do a short you know, presentation during their lunch hour for their dental team, what are like three things you think that should be included in that, right? Because you don't want to, for if this is new information to them, right? You don't want to bombard them with all this craziness. So you want to try to keep it a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to say general, but maybe a little bit more general. Also, right, I think you would agree to also include in that for the dentist, like what value is this going to add to you and your practice? A hundred percent. You need to add the value. I would say anything that's relevant to that practice. And if they're going to let you do a lunch and learn, the most important thing I always say with lunch and learns is to ask what at the end of this lunch and learn, what do you need to know? And so if it's going to have to be generic and they're like, I don't know, I don't know what I want to know that I would talk about, <laughs> I would talk about parafunctional <laughs> habits and airway. I would talk about, you know, um, perio and airway. That's my big thing, oral function and perio. And then the last thing that I would definitely talk about is TMD because mm. a lot of offices are already seeing all of these things, perio, TMD and parafunctional habits. So if we can relate it all together and we're not talking about, okay, we're talking about expansion and appliances and releases. Don't talk about any of that. The office doesn't care about that. Talk about what they care about. Absolutely. I remember very vividly, this was like long before I took, uh, I became a myofunctional therapist, but we had a patient in the office that like religiously every new crown that went on, he would break like within no time. And, you know, he'd call and we'd joke in the office, like, well, he's chewing on rocks again. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's so prevalent, right? You see that a lot and you have those patients where it doesn't make sense. Like it did not make sense to my doctor. He didn't understand what the heck, like literally are you chewing on rocks? Because this makes no sense that this keeps happening. So, I mean, to be able to add that value to the restorative work, to be more confident, like, okay, 
we are first getting to the root cause of the problem, right? Addressing that airway. So we know that this restorative work is going to last, right? Well, unless of course, you know, they're like, I don't know, just eating on sugar all day long, getting super recurrent decay everywhere, but you get my point. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. What other things do you think? um, I'm trying to think what else we can talk about in terms of, because I know we want to stay on topic of hygienists that are working in offices that don't really feel that support. Um, I mean, I guess net like, uh, networking with other hygienists in different groups, right? Maybe people are either in the same situation or somebody was in the situation, learned from it. They're somewhere else. Like ask around, join these airway groups. OMT for the RDH is like a super, super great, 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 great group to be a part of. Um, ask people about their journeys. And I think in general, ask questions. Absolutely. You've got to ask as many questions as possible. That's the only way that you really learn in life. Continue to be curious. Um, but that is big in airway anyway. Like you never really stop learning. And so that's, that's going to be a standard. Uh, I think an important thing to kind of address is if there are more than one doctor in the mm-hmm. office and one doctor is on board, but the other one isn't. And then you have this patient who typically likes to see the one doctor who's not really on board, who won't really back you up for whatever it is mm-hmm. you're saying. Like, how do you, how would you handle that, Brittany? Well, I think, well, first I think you have to have a conversation. You know, I think that you don't want to step on. So you're saying the, the doctor who's not an airway is seeing this patient. There's a clear airway problem. How do we, how do we figure that out? How do we address that? I do think that it has to be a conversation because you don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, and you know, having that conversation between you and the two docs and being like, listen, if there's something that I see that I think is a concern, you know, is it okay at the end that we bring Dr. Airway in to look at this patient, to get his, you know, his thoughts on it. You know, I would hope at the end of the day that the patient's best interest is at heart, right? So yes, I get, this is my patient, hands off your patient. I understand dentists can be very much like that. But at the same time, that's going to add value to your work too. So let's bring in that airway professional. If that's an avenue you don't want to go down, but you can at least accept that it is a thing and it does impact your dentistry that you are doing. I don't see any reason it can't be like a tag team effort. Yeah, I love that because at the center of all of this should really be the patient. And so if we're all working towards the patient and what's in their best interest, I think that everybody benefits, Dr. Airway benefits, and doctor <laughs> don't want to hear anything about airway benefits. <laughs> Just on your headset, like have a code word for Dr. Airway. Like, I don't know what the code word, code word would be. Malam potty three, come on down. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. I mean, we want to respect our colleagues, but we also have to make sure that our patients are getting the best care that they can. And that definitely needs to be a conversation. And even I'm sure that would be a drift too between Dr. Airway and Dr. Non-Airway. Like that's something that they also have to figure out on there and like, how are they going to handle it? You know, it's just like anything else. If that doctor is going to be a specialist, what have you in airway, there's no reason that that doctor shouldn't come in. If you have a 
endodontist in your office or a periodontist in your office, right? And it's a perio case. You call the periodontist in, right? It's not taking that patient away from you, but you're calling in that specialist. So there shouldn't be any reason that this can't be treated the same. And to the point when we talk about hygienists becoming myofunctional therapists, I don't think that it's absolutely necessary that every dental hygienist becomes a myofunctional therapist, but I think it's absolutely necessary that every dental hygienist knows how to spot myofunctional issues and be able to make that referral. So it's the same thing for the general dentist. If you don't want to treat airway, you don't want to do sleep, oral appliance, orthopedic, whatever, that's totally fine, but you have to know how to spot those red flags and then call in that specialist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because dentistry as a field and as a whole tends to be a little bit uh, slow in making changes, mm-hmm. right? So we've got to step into that sort of more medical model where yeah. we do screen for everything mm-hmm. and refer when we need to refer out. And I think that de- like offices are going to start seeing it more and more like patients are becoming more and more aware of the importance of airway health. So like, if you're not going to get on board, you're going to lose out. Absolutely. So again, Maybe you don't want to do it in the office, but if you're not going to be able to recognize it and know where these patients have to go to get the care they need, I wouldn't be a happy patient. I'd be leaving that practice. Absolutely. And it's very disappointing to know that since 2017, the ADA has pretty much advocated and made sure that that's in their policy recommendations that every dentist screens for this stuff. And so to not have that happening is a little disappointing. Yeah. Super disheartening. Um, and I don't, you know, I mean, I guess that's a conversation for another day, right? Like why all this like defense against that? Like why, you know, you wouldn't, if, if, if it was something else, like I'm trying to relate it to something else dental wise, why would you not listen to the recommendations by your organization? Like they're telling you, this is what you need to do your dentist, that is now something that needs to be done. How do you just say, Oh, nope, not going to do that. Like, are you just not going to check for cavities one day? It's literally just as important, if not more. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So the field, it's got a little ways to go, but if you're struggling with a particular office and you're not getting through to the practice or the practice owner, and you're not able to make any progress, it might be time to consider making a shift or, you know, adjust your, your methods and how you're going about it. Absolutely. Well, this was a great conversation again. I'm excited for our next one. I don't think we decided what the next topic's going to be. So it's going to be a surprise for everybody. But Yay. we hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful sparkling day. And we will see you at the next Mayo Monday. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode of I Spy with My Maya Y. If you want to hear more about these episodes, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or feel free to contact me at hello at myctom.com. Don't forget to subscribe as well and let us know of any subject or guest speaker you'd like to hear from. Help spread the word by sharing today's episode on your social media page. You can find me on Facebook at CT Oral Facial Myology or Instagram handle CT underscore Oral Facial underscore Myology. Everybody have a wonderful day.